ततश्रुवा महाराज कैकेयादारुण वच चिंतापेदे मुहूर्त प्रतताच किश्चिवोपि वनुभूतोपसर्गो वनसो वाप्युप्रव चिंत्यद्राजानाध्य गुखम प्रतिलभ्य तत्सैकेक्यता व्यथि विक्लमश्च व्याघ्री दृष्ट्वा यथा मृग असंवृतायासीनो जगत्यादीर्घ मुछ्वसन् मंडले पन्नगोरुद्धो मंत्रैरिव महाविश अहोधिगिदिशाशो वाच मुक्वानराधिप मोहमापे दिवान्भूय शोकोपहतचेतन चिरेण तो नृपस्या प्रतिलभ्य सुदुखि कैकेजीम्रवीत्ो निर्दहतेजसा वृशंसे दुष्टचारिे कुलनाशिनी किंकृतराण पापे पापम मैयावा सदा ते जननी तुल्या वृत्ति वहति राघव तस्वनर्था किमोद्यतामयात्मनाशा भवन स्वेशिता अभिज्ञानृपसुता व्यालातीक्ष्ण विषा यथा जीवलोको यदा राम सेुणस्तव अपराधम कमुदिष्यक्ष्यामीष्टमहम सुत कौसल्यामित्रजेयमी वाश्रिय जीवित चात्मनोराम नृवत्सल पराभवति मे प्रीतिर्दृष्ट्वातनयमग्रज अपश्यतस्तु मे राम नष्टि चेतनम ठे लोको विना सूर्य सस्यम वासलील विना नाम विना देहेठे मम जीवित तदलंत्यज्यता निश्चय पाप निश्चय अभी ते चरण मूर्धना स्पृशा प्रसीद मे किमर्थम चिंत पापे या परमदारुणम अथ जिज्ञास भरत प्रिया प्रि अस्तु यूर्वृत राघव प्रति सेष्ठसुद्रीमाधर्मज्येष्ठव मे तया प्रियवादिवाथ कथित भवे तुवा शोक सतप्ता सतापयसी मृशं आवीष्टासी गृहे शून्ये सांपरवशंगताकूणाकुलेप्रातस्सुमय अनयो नय संपन्ने ये विकृता मति नंचिदयुक्त विप्रियम वापुरा ममा अकरोस्व विशालाक्षितेन न श्रद्धा ते ननु ते राघवस्तुल्यो भरते न महात्मना बहुशो हिस्म बाथयसे ममा तस्मात्मनो देवी वने वासम यशस्वीन कथम रोचयसे भीरुनवर्षा पंच च अत्यंत सुकुमार धर्मे कृतात्मन कथम रोचयसे वासमे भृशदारुणे रोचयसम से शुभलोचने तव शुश्रूषमाण से किमर्थम विप्रवासनम रामोरताूयस्तव शुश्रूषते सदा विशेषंत्वि तस्मात्रत न लक्ष्ये शुश्रूषा गौरव प्रमाण वचन क्रिया 
कस्तुस्तरम कुरियादन्षभात बहूना स्त्रीसहस्राण बहूना चोपजीविना परिवादोपवादो वाघवेनोपद्यते सायूताशुद्धेन चेतसा गृहातिमुजव्याघ्र प्रियर्षयवासी सत्न लोकाजयतिजा दानव गुरूंशुश्रूषया वीरो धनुषाधिशात्रवान् सत्यम दानं तपस्तो मित्रता शौचमाजव विद्या गुरशुश्रूषा ध्रुवाण्येताघवे तस्जव संपन्ने देवी देवोपमे कथम पापमाशं ससेरा मे महर्षि समतेजसी न स्मराम्य प्रियम वाक्यम लोक प्रियवादि स कथम तत्तेमं वक्ष्या प्रियम प्रियम क्षमास्तपस्ग सत्यम धर्म कृतज्ञता अप्यहिंसा चूता तमृते काम वृद्धस्य कैकेय गतापस्वीन दीनम लालप्यम से कारुण्यम कर्तमर्हसी पृथिव्यां सागरांताचिदिगम्य तत्सवदास्यामुमाशा अंजलि कुर्मिकेय पाद चापृशा ते शरण भवराम से मधर्मो मिहस्पृशेत दुखाभिसतम विलपंतमचेतन घोर्नमानम महाराज शोक न सृत पारम शोकाशु प्राथय तम पुन पुनः प्रत्युवाचाथ कैकेयी रौद्र रौद्रतरम वच यदि दौराजन पुनः प्रत्युतप्यसे धाक कथम वीर पृथिव्यां कथयिष्यसी यदा समेता बहवस्वया राजर्षय सह कथय्य धर्म त्र कि प्रतिवक्ष्यसी यसाद जीवाम याच मभ्यपालयत तस्ता मैया मिथ्या कैकेयी वक्ष्यसी किलिशंतरेन्द्राण क्यसी नाधिपा यो दरमद्यनरिया भाषसे शैब्यशन कपोतीयेस्वक्षिणे ददौ अलर्कशक्षुषी दवा जगाम गति मुतमा सागर सामयंकमति वर्तते सामयमृतंकार्षी पूर्ववृत्तमुस्म सत्म परत्यज्य राम राज्येषिच्य सह कौसल्यम रंतुमिच्छसि दुर्मते भवत्वधर्मो धर्मो वत्यम वायदिवात यया संश्रुत मह्यम तस्तिक्रम अहम हिविषम्य पीवा बहुतवाग्रता पश्यतस्ते मिष्यामो यदिषिच्यकामी पश्येम यद्यहम राम अंजलि प्रति गृंधंती श्रेयो ननुमतिर्मा भरतेनात्मनाचाहम शपेते मनुजाधिपा यथान्यन तोष्येयृतेम विवासनाथवदुक्वा वचनम कैकेयी विरराम विलपंतराजानजहारसा श्रुवा तो राजा कैकेय्या वाक्यम परम शोभन राम से वनेवासमश्वर्यम भरत नाभ्य भाषत कैकेयी मुहूर्त व्याकुलेन्द्रिय 
ಪ್ರೈಕ್ಷತಾಮಿಷೋ ದೇವೀಂ ಪ್ರಿಯಾಮ ಪ್ರಿಯವಾದಿನೀಂ ತಾಂಹಿ ವಜ್ರಸಮಾಂ ವಾಚಮಾಕರ್ಣ್ಯ ಹೃದಯ ಪ್ರಿಯಾ ದುಃಖಶೋಕಮಯೀಂ ಶ್ರುತ್ವಾಜಾನಸುಖಿತೋವತ್ ಸದೇವ್ಯಾವಸಾ ಘೋರಂ ಚ ಶಪಥಂ ಧ್ಯಾತ್ವಾಮೇತಿಶ್ವಸ್ಯಿನ್ನಸ್ತರಿವಾಪತ್ ನಷ್ಟಚಿತ್ತೋ ಯಥೋನ್ಮತ್ತೋ ವಿಪರೀತೋ ಯಥಾತುರಹತೇಜಾಥಾಸರ್ಪೋ ಬಭೂವ ಜಗತೀಪತಿ ದೀನಯಾತುರಯಾವಾಚಿಹೋವಾಚಕೈಕೈಕೈಕೈಕೈಕೈಕೈಕೈಕೈಕೈಕೈಕೈಕೈಕೈಕೈಕೈಕೈ
विकरिष्यंतिरथ्यासुरापम ब्राह्मणम यथा अहो दुखमहो कृच्रम यत्र वाचह क्षमेतवा दुखमेवं विधं प्राप्तं पुराकृतमिवाशुभं चिरंखलुमया पापे त्वं पापे नाभिरक्षिता अज्ञानादुपसंपन्ना रज्जुरुद्बंधनी यथा रममानस्त्वयासार्धं मृत्युं त्वाम नाभिलक्षये बालो रहसि हस्तेन कृष्ण सर्पमिवास्पृशं तंतुमाम जीवलोकोयं नूनमाक्रोष्टुमरहती मयाह्यपित्रकफ्पुत्रस्समहात्मादुरात्मना बालिशोबतकामात्माराजादशरथोभृशं स्वीकृते यफ्प्रियं पुत्रं बनं प्रस्थापयिष्यति वेदैष्टब्रह्मचर्यैष्टगुरुभिष्चोपकरिशितः भोगकाले महत्कृच्छ्रं पुनरेव प्रपत्स्यते नालंद्वितीयं वजनं बुत्रो मां प्रतिभाशितुं सवनं प्रव्रजेत्युक्तो बाढमित्येववक्ष्यति यदि मेराघवक्कुर्याद्वनंगच्छेतिचोदितः राघवेहिवनं प्राप्ते सर्वलोकस्यधिक्रतं मृत्यरक्षमणीयं माननयिष्यतियमक्षयं मृतेमयिगते रामेवनं मनुजपुंगवे इष्टे ममजने शेशे किम्पापं परिपत्स्यसे कौसल्यामांच रामंच पौत्रोच यदिहास्यति दुखान्यसहती देवी मामेवानुगमिष्यति कौसल्यांच सुमित्रांच मांच पुत्रैस्त्रिभिस्सह प्रक्षिप्य नरके सात्वं कैके यसुखिता भवा मयारामेन चत्यक्तं शाश्वतं सत्कृतं गुणैहि इक्ष्वाकुकुलमक्षोभ्यमाकुलं पालयिष्यसी प्रियंचेद्भरतस्यित द्राम प्रव्राजनं भवेत मृते मयिगते रामे वनं बुरुषपुंगवे सेदानीम विधवाराज्यम सपुत्राकारयिष्यसी त्वम्राजपुत्रि दैवेनन यवसोममवेश्मनी अकीर्तिष्चातुलालोके ध्रुवफ्परिभवश्चमे सर्वभूतेशुचावग्न्यायथापापकृतस्तथा कथं रथैर्विभुर्यात्वा गजाश्वैष्चमुहुर्मुहो पद्भ्याम रामो महारण्ये वत्सो में विचरिष्यती यस्यचाहार समये सूदाह कुंडलधारिनह अहं पूर्वाफ पचंतिस्म प्रसन्नाफ पानभोजनं सकथं नुकशायानि तिक्तानि कटुकानिच भक्षयन्वन्यमाहारं सुतो में वर्तयिष्यती महारहवस्त्रसंबद्धो काशाय परिधानस्तु कथं रामो भविष्यति कस्येदं दारुनं वाक्यमेवं विधमपीरितं रामस्यारण्य गमनं भरतस्याभिशेचनं धिगस्तु योशितो नाम शठास्वार्थ परायनाह नब्रवीमिस्त्रिय सर्वा भरतस्यवमातरं अनर्थभावेर्थ परेन्रुषं सेममानुतापाय निवेशितासी किमप्रियं पश्यसि मन्निमित्तं हितानुकारिन्यथवापिरामे परित्यजे युफ्पितरोपि पुत्रान भार्याफ्पतीम्ष्चापिकृतानुरागाह कृत्सम् हिसर्वं कुपितं जगत्स्याद्रुष्ट्वैवरामं यसने निमग्नं अहं पुनर्देवकुमाररूपमलंकुतं तं सुतमाव्रजं तं 
ನಂದಾಮಿ ಪಶ್ಯನ್ನಿವ ದರ್ಶನೇನ ಭವಾಮಿ ದೃಷ್ಟೈವ ಪುನರ್ಯುವೇವ ವಿನಾಹಿ ಸೂರ್ಯೇಣ ಭವೇತ್ ಪ್ರವೃತ್ತಿರವರ್ಷತ ವಜ್ರಧರೇಣ ಬಾಪೀ ರಾಮಂತು ಗಚ್ಛಂದ ಸಮೀಕ್ಷ್ಯ ಜೀವೇನ್ನ ಕಶ್ಚಿತ್ವಿತಿ ಚೇತನಾಮೇ ವಿನಾಶ ಕಾಮಹಿತ ಮಮಿತ್ರಾಮಾವಾಸಯೃತ್ಯಮಿವಾತ್ಮನಸ್ವಾ ಚಿರಂಬತಾಂಕೇನ ಧೃತಾಸರ್ಪೀ ಮಹಾವಿಷಾತೇನ ಹತೋಸ್ಮಿ ಮೋಹಾತ್ ಮಯಾಚರಾಮೇಣ ಸ ಲಕ್ಷ್ಮಣೇನ ಪ್ರಶಾಸ್ತು ಹೀನೋ ಭರತಸ್ವಯಾ ಸಹ ಪುರಂಚ ರಾಷ್ಟ್ರಂಚ ನಿಹತ್ಯ ಬಾಂಧವಾನ್ ಮಮಾಹಿತಾಂಚ ಭವಾಭಿಹರ್ಷಿಣಿ ನೃಶಂಸ ವೃತ್ತೇ ವ್ಯಸನ ಪ್ರಹಾರಿಣಿ ಪ್ರಸಹ್ಯವಾಕ್ಯಂ ಯದಿ ಹಾದ್ಯ ಭಾಷಸೆ ನಾಮತೇತೇನ ಮುಖಾತ್ ಪತಂತ್ಯಥೋ ವಿಶೀರ್ಯಮಾಣ ದಶನಾಸಹಸ್ರಧ ನಕಿಂಚಿದಾಹಿತಮಪ್ರಿಯಂ ವಚೋ ನವೇತ್ತಿ ರಾಮ ಪರುಷಾಣಿ ಭಾಷಿತು ಕಥಂತು ರಾಮೇಹ್ಯಭಿರಾಮವಾದಿ ನಿಭ್ರವೀಶಿ ದೋಷಾನ್ಗುಣ ನಿತ್ಯ ಸಮ್ಮತೆ ಪ್ರತಾಮ್ಯವಾ ಪ್ರಜ್ವಲವಾ ಪ್ರಣಶ್ಯವಾ ಸಹಸ್ರಶೋ ವಾ ಸ್ಫುಟಿತಾಂ ಮಹೀಂ ವ್ರಜ ನೇ ಕರಿಷ್ಯಾಮಿ ವಚಸ್ಸುಧಾರುಣಂ ಮಮಾಹಿತಂ ಕೇಕಯ ರಾಜಪಾಂಸನೇ ಕ್ಷುರೋಪಮಾಂ ನಿತ್ಯಮಸತ್ಪ್ರಿಯಂ ವದಾಂ ಪ್ರದುಷ್ಟಾಂ ಸ್ವಕುಲೋಪಘಾತಿನೀಂ ನ ಜೀವಿತಂ ತ್ವಾಂ ವಿಷಹೇ ಮನೋರಮಾಂ ದಿಧಕ್ಷಮಾಣಾಂ ಹೃದಯ ಸಬಂಧನಂ ನ ಜೀವಿತ ಮೇಸ್ತಿ ಕುತಃ ಪುನಃಸುಖಂ ವಿನಾತ್ಮಜೇನಾತ್ಮಭತಾಂ ಕುತೋ ರತಿ ಮಮಾಹಿತಂ ದೇವಿ ನ ಕರ್ತುಮರ್ಹಸಿ ಸ್ಪೃಶಾಮಿ ಪಾದಾವಿ ತೇ ಪ್ರಸೀದ ಮೇ ಸಭೂಮಿ ಪಾಲೋ ವಿಲಪನ್ನನಾಥ ಬತ್ಸ್ತ್ರಿಯಾ ಗೃಹೀತೋ ಹೃದಯೇತಿ ಮಾತ್ರಯ ಪಪಾತ ದೇವ್ಯಾಶ್ಚರಣೌ ಪ್ರಸಾರಿತಾವುಭಾವ ಸಂಪ್ರಾಪ್ಯ ಯಥಾತುರಸ್ತಥಾರ್ಷೇ ಶ್ರೀಮದ್ರಾಮಾಯಣೇ ವಾಲ್ಮೀಕೀಯೇ ಆಧಿಕಾವ್ಯೇ ಅಯೋಧ್ಯಾಂಡೇ ದ್ವಾದಶ ಸರ್ಗ ಅಯೋಧ್ಯಾಂಡ ಕ್ಯಾಂಟೋ ಟ್ವೆಲ್ವ್ ಎಕ್ಸ್ಟೋಲಿಂಗ್ ದ ವರ್ಚ್ಯೂಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಶ್ರೀರಾಮ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಶೋಯಿಂಗ್ ಹಿಮ್ ಅನ್ಡಿಸರ್ವಿಂಗ್ ಆಫ್ ಎಕ್ಸೈಲ್ ದಿ ಎಂಪರ ಎಂಡಿವರ್ಸ್ ಟು ಡಿಸುವೇಟ್ ಕೈಕೇಯಿ ಫ್ರಮ್ ಹರ್ ಪರ್ಟಿನೆಸಿಟಿ ಇನ್ ಸೆಂಡಿಂಗ್ ಶ್ರೀರಾಮ ಇನ್ ಟು ಎಕ್ಸೈಲ್ ಕೋಟಿಂಗ್ ದಿ ಎಕ್ಸಾಂಪಲ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಹರಿಶ್ಚಂದ್ರ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಅದರ್ಸ್ ಕೈಕೇಯಿ ಹೌ ಎವರ್ ರಿಡಬಲ್ಸ್ ಹರ್ ಇನ್ಸಿಸ್ಟೆನ್ಸ್ ದಿ ಎಂಪರ ಫಾರ್ ಹಿಸ್ ಪಾರ್ಟ್ rebukes her in harsh words and goes the length of falling at her feet in order to bring her round but in vain on hearing the cruel request of kaikeyi the emperor thereupon fell a prey to anxiety and suffered great agony a while he said to himself can it possibly be a daydream on my part or could it be a confusion of my mind or could it be a vivid mental picture of things experienced in a previous birth or a disturbance of the mind reflecting thus the king could not make out on the spur of the moment what it was on the other hand he experienced great agony causing him to swoon then regaining consciousness he felt tormented once more by the memory of kaikeyi's words distressed and uneasy as a deer at the sight of a lioness and seated on the bare floor he began to sigh like a highly venomous serpent fixed to a charmed spot through magic spells 
uttering the remark, Oh, what a pity! The indignant king fell into a swoon once more, his mind infatuated with grief. Regaining consciousness after a long time and feeling greatly distressed and enraged, the monarch spoke to Kaikeyi as follows, as though consuming her with his glow. O cruel woman of wicked conduct, bent upon exterminating this race, what wrong has been done to you, O wretch, by Rama or even by me? Rama, a scion of Raghu, always serves you in the same way as, his do as he does his own mother. Wherefore then are you bent in this way upon bringing ruination to such a one at this juncture? Surely you have been unwittingly lodged in my house for my own destruction, even as one would lodge a highly venomous female serpent, knowing it to be a princess. When the entire living creation extols the virtues of Rama, for what offence shall I forsake my beloved son? I can, if need be, forsake my other two wives, Kausalya and Sumitra, or even my royal fortune, my very life, but I would on no account part with Rama, who is so fond of his father. Supreme is my delight on seeing my eldest son, while my very consciousness is lost if I fail to see Rama. The world may continue to exist without the sun, or a crop may live without water. Life, however, cannot in any case continue in my body without Rama. Therefore, have done with it. Let this resolution be given up, O lady, with a sinful resolve. I even hereby touch your feet with my head as a token of submission. Be gracious to me. What for has this most cruel design been conceived by you, O sinful woman? If, however, you wish to ascertain my kindly or unkindly feeling towards Bharata, let that which was recommended by you first in connection with Bharata, a scion of Raghu, come into effect. Let him be forthwith installed as Prince Regent instead of Rama. The observation so often made by you that the glorious Rama, who is senior in the practice of virtue too, is my eldest son, as it were, must have been uttered in order to coax me or to exact some service from him. Afflicted with grief to hear of his projected installation, you are severely tormenting me too. Possessed by an evil spirit in a lonely house, you are subject to the control of another. This very great misfortune, O Queen, has visited the race of the Ikshvakus, rich in righteous conduct, due to which your mind has thus been perverted. You did nothing unreasonable or repugnant to me in the past, O large-eyed one. Therefore, I fail to believe what has been done by you today, which I presume is the doing of some malignant spirit. Indeed, Rama, a scion of Raghu, is on a par with the high-souled Bharata to you. For many times have you told me stories illustrating this, O young lady. How have you come to view with favour the banishment for nine years and five of that pious-minded and illustrious Rama, O glorious yet timid lady? How have you come to view with favour 
the sojourn in a most dreadful forest of Rama, who is extremely delicate of body and has given his mind to piety. What for do you view with favour the exile, O fair-eyed lady of Rama, who is so pleasing to look at and is devoted to your service? Rama, really speaking, ever serves you more than Bharata does. In reality, I do not perceive in Bharata any superiority to Rama in his filial attitude towards you. In fact, who else than Rama, the foremost among men, could do greater service, show greater respect, honour the words of his superiors better and do their bidding with greater alacrity? No censure or calumny against Rama has been heard from the mouth of any of the many thousands of women in my gynecium and numerous dependents maintained by me. Reassuring all created beings, mankind, with a guileless mind, Rama, a tiger among men, wins over the people of his kingdom through ob obligations of various kinds. The valiant Sri Rama, a sign of Raghu, conquers men by his virtue, the Brahmanas through charity, the elders through service, and his enemies on the battlefield with his bow. Truthfulness, charity, asceticism, self-abnegation, goodwill, purity of body and mind, straightforwardness, learning and service to his elders, these are constantly present in Rama, a scion of Raghu. How do you wish harm, O Queen, to that Rama, who is rich in guilelessness, is godlike in appearance, as well as in disposition, and glorious as eminent rishis? I do not remember an unkind word spoken to anybody by Rama, who ever speaks kind words to all. As such, how shall I, for your sake, break an unpalatable news to dear Rama? What asylum is there for me other than Rama, in whom there exist forgiveness, asceticism, self-denial, truthfulness, piety, gratitude, as well as harmlessness towards created beings? O Kaikei, you ought to show mercy to me, an old and miserable man who has reached his end and is making piteous entreaties to you again and again. Whatever can be had on the globe, girdled by the ocean, I shall bestow all that on you. But head you not towards a situation ending in death to me. I join my palms before you, O Kaikei, and also touch your feet. Be a protector to Rama, and let not unrighteousness, born of my failure to keep my word, lay hold on me in this life. To the emperor, who was so distressed with agony and was wailing as aforesaid, who had fallen unconscious and was helplessly tossing about, overwhelmed as he was with grief and was praying again and again for being speedily borne across the sea of grief, the fierce Kaikei gave the following fiercer reply. If, having once granted a couple of boons to me, you now repent, how will you be able to proclaim your piety any more on earth, O valiant king? When many an assembled royal sage converse with you about the boons granted by you to me, O knower of what is right, what reply will you make to their question? 
Will you then admit that the promise made by you to grant the two boons already offered by you to Kaikei, by whose grace you survive, and who protected you against the enemies by driving your chariot and removing you from the battlefield and nursing you, has been broken by you? You, who having granted boons this very day, O ruler of men, now say contrary things, shall bring a stigma on other kings too of your own race. In the course of a dispute between a hawk and a dove, who were no other than Indra, the ruler of gods, and the god of fire respectively, the ruler of the Shibis gave away his own flesh to the bird, which would not be satisfied otherwise, and parting with his own eyes, King Alarka attained to the highest destiny. Having given his word of honour to the gods at their entreaty, Ocean never transgresses his limits. Therefore, bearing in mind the conduct of your forebears, do not violate the pledge given by you to me. Now I understand that forswearing righteousness and installing Rama on the throne of Ayodhya you seek to enjoy life with Kausalya eternally, O foolish king. Whether that which has been promised by you to me is unrighteous or righteous, and whether the promise has been made in good faith, or is it a mere hoax, there is no going back on it. If Rama is installed as Prince Regent, I shall positively die this very day before your eyes, drinking copious poison in your presence. If I behold Kausalya accepting greetings with joined palms from the people of Ayodhya as the Prince Regent's own mother, even for a single day, death will be surely preferable to me than such an eyesore. I swear to you by Bharata as well as by my own self that I am not going to be satisfied by anything else than the banishment of Rama. Having uttered this threat, Kaikeyi became silent, so the tradition goes. She made no reply whatsoever to the wailing monarch. Perturbed in mind to hear the most unwelcome proposal of Kaikeyi, demanding the exile of Rama to the forest and sovereignty for Bharata, the king, for his part, did not open his lips before Kaikeyi for a while. He kept gazing with unwinking eyes on his beloved queen who uttered such unpleasant words. The king's joy vanished to hear that terrible proposal which was so unwelcome to the heart, causing agony and grief and therefore resembling the thunderbolt. Reflecting on the queen's firm resolve to see Rama exiled to the forest and Bharata installed as prince regent and the terrible oath taken by him and heaving a sigh of despair, he dropped to the ground like a felled tree, uttering the name of Rama. Having lost his mental equilibrium like a madman and getting upset like an ailing man, the emperor lay motionless like a hypnotized serpent. In an afflicted and impatient tone, they say, he spoke to Kaikeyi as follows. By whom have you been taught to pursue this evil, which appears to you as worth striving for? 
Like a woman whose mind has been perverted by some evil spirit, you do not feel ashamed to speak in such an outspoken way to me. I did not know before that seemliness of behavior has altogether taken leave of you. I really find your conduct at the present moment contrary, as it were, to what it was when you were young. From what circumstance, for that matter, has fear cropped up in you? Who actually seek of me such a boon to see Bharata seated on the throne and Rama, a scion of Raghu, settled in the forest? Therefore, have done with this hostile attitude as well with this groundless apprehension towards Rama if a kindly act is sought to be done by you to your husband, myself, and the world at large, as well as to Bharata, O cruel, petty-minded woman of sinful resolve and wicked deed. What grievance can you possibly have against Rama and myself, or what offence do you find have we done against you? Without Rama, Bharata will in no case dwell in the kingdom of Ayodhya, much less rule over it, for I consider Bharata stronger in virtue even than Rama. How, when the words proceed to the forest have been uttered by me, shall I behold even once the pallor of Rama's face resembling in every way the eclipsed moon? How shall I bear to see my aforesaid scheme of installing Sri Rama as Prince Regent, which was not only well designed but finalized in consultation with my well-wishers, foiled like an army destroyed by enemies? The kings assembled from various quarters will say of me, Alas, how did this foolish scion of Ikshvaku rule for such a long time? When many qualified and highly, highly learned elderly men actually inquire of me about Rama, a scion of Kakutstha, how shall I then tell them that the boy has been exiled by me, hard-pressed as I was by Kaikei, yourself? If I plead in support of my action, that this has been done to vindicate the cause of truth inasmuch as I did so only to redeem the promise made to you. My latest announcement made in public to the effect that Rama would be installed as Prince Regent the following day would be falsified. What will Kausalya say to me when Rama, a scion of Raghu, proceeds to the forest? And having done such an unkind act to her, what reply shall I make to her inquiry in this behalf? Whenever Kausalya, who has always sought to please me and speaks kind words to me and who has given birth to my pet son and deserves to be kindly treated by me, waited on me like a maidservant in rendering personal service to me and a friend in tendering salutary advice as well as in sport, like a better half, while assisting me in the performance of sacred duties and a sister while procuring me other wives as well as like a mother while serving up dinner, the godly lady was never kindly treated by me for fear of displeasing you. The good behavior which was shown by me towards you at that time stings me now even as food taken with unwholesome sauces fills an ailing person with remorse. Filled with apprehension about her own sons, Lakshmana and Shatrughna 
to perceive the ignominy shown to Rama by withholding the office of Prince Regent from him, as well as his exile to the forest, how will Sumitra put faith in me any longer? Alas, with great agony will Sita, a princess of the Videha territory, hear simultaneously of two unwelcome incidents of me having met my end and of Rama having retired to the forest. Alas, like a Kinnara girl bereft of her partner in a flank of the Himalayan range, Sita, a princess of the Videha territory, will spend her life lamenting about me as well as about her husband. Rama living as an exile in the great forest and Sita, daughter of the king of Mithila, too weeping due to separation from her spouse, I would under no circumstance survive long. Deprived of your husband, you will as such undoubtedly carry on the administration with your son as the undisputed king. I look upon you, a devoted and comely wife as you are, as ultimately proving to be most disloyal even as one having drunk wine mixed with poison, though possessing a charming appearance, ultimately concludes it to be noxious. Alas, though you have been talking with me as a friend, coaxing me with empty blandishments, you have actually killed me even as a hunter kills a deer after enticing it with melodious sound. Worthy men in the streets will surely stigmatize me who is going to barter away my pet son for the pleasure of my wife as an ignoble man even as they revile a brahmana drinking wine. How distressing or oh, how painful it is for me that I have to put up with your harsh words. Such suffering has evidently been reaped by me as an evil consequence earned in a previous life. Like a halter placed around one's neck through ignorance, O wicked woman, you have been lovingly maintained by me, sinful as I am. Enjoying life with you, I did not perceive you to be the cause of my death. I have embraced you in retirement, even as an infant would handle a black cobra in a solitary place. The world of living beings is surely fit to revile me, such as I am, saying that high-souled boy of mine has actually been deprived of his fatherly protection by me, evil-minded as I am, and making the following further observation. Alas, extremely foolish is King Dasharatha, whose mind is given to concupiscence and who has exiled to the forest his favourite son for the sake of pleasing his wife. Emaciated prior to his wedding, through a study of the Vedas and privations entailed by the vow of religious study, as well as through service rendered to his preceptors, Rama will indeed, even during his period of enjoyment, undergo again great hardship in his forest life. My noble son Rama is incapable of addressing a word of protest to me, commanded in the words, go into exile to the forest, he will only say, be it so. Should Rama, a scion of Raghu, do the contrary when commanded in the words, proceed to the forest, it would be welcome to me. My darling, however, would never do so. On Rama, a scion of Raghu, having repaired to the forest, 
death will take me, hooted by all men and unpardonable in their eyes to the abode of Yama, the god of punishment. Myself having joined the majority when Rama, the foremost among men, has proceeded to the forest, what inconceivable wrong will you inflict on the remaining people so beloved of me? If Kausalya, my senior most queen, will miss me as well as Rama, as also her two other sons, Lakshmana and Shatrugna, the former of whom is sure to follow Rama to the forest, and the latter will meet the same fate as Rama, the godlike lady, unable to endure the woes, will follow me to the abode of Yama, and Sumitra will also follow suit. Having thus thrown into hellish tortures, Kausalya and Sumitra, as well as myself, along with our three sons, be you the notorious daughter of the king of the Kekayas, happy. You alone will then take care of Ikshvaku's everlasting grace, which, though adorned with manifold virtues and incapable of being harassed, will be, will be abandoned by Rama, as well as by myself, and will as such be mentally disturbed. In case this banishment of Rama proves agreeable to Bharata, let not Bharata perform my obsequies when my life has departed. When I have joined the majority consequent on Rama, the foremost of men, having proceeded to the forest, you, a widow, notorious as you will be for your act of exiling Rama, will then rule over the kingdom with your son. Through ill luck of mine, O princess of Kekaya, you took up your abode in my palace. That is why ill repute, which is unmatched in the world, and lasting reproach, as well as the scorn of all men, will fall to my share as to a perpetrator of sinful deeds. How, having driven on chariots and ridden on elephants and horses, on every occasion he was required to move, will my darling, the powerful Rama, roam about in an extensive forest on foot, how will my son, at whose dinner time cooks wearing gold and bejeweled earrings and full of delight used to prepare food and drinks of various kinds, trying to finish their work before others, actually sustain his life, living on alkaline, bitter and pungent fruits as well as on other wild edibles such as bulbs and roots? How, having been clad in costly robes, will Rama who is deserving of lasting comforts, wear ochre-coloured garments. At whose instance has such a cruel proposal as the one demanding the exile of Rama into the forest and the installation of Bharata as Prince Regent been put forward by you? Woe unto womankind who are malignant by nature and whose supreme concern is to advance their own selfish interests. I do not speak of all women, but of Bharata's mother alone. O cruel woman of evil intent, given to the pursuit of your selfish ends, you have been lodged in my house by providence for causing affliction to me. What mischief do you expect through me or through Rama, who has repeatedly been doing good to you? Even fathers who have bestowed their love on Rama are sure to abandon sons in order to be able to follow Rama in his exile, and wives too, their husbands, and everything else. The whole world will get 
exasperated at the very sight of Rama plunged in adversity in the shape of banishment. I, for my part, rejoice when I behold with my own eyes that son of mine possessing the comeliness of a divine boy and adorned with ornaments coming to me and feel rejuvenated as it were the moment I see him. Active life may be possible even without the sun or even with Indra, the wielder of the thunder thunderbolt, not pouring showers. None in the capital, however, can survive on perceiving Rama departing from Ayodhya to the woods. Such is my conviction indeed. I lodged in my house as one would one's own mortal enemy, you, who seek my life and are not only unfriendly but positively hostile to me, alas. Through ignorance in your person, a highly venomous female serpent has been embraced so long by me and therefore I am undone. Devoid of me, as also of Rama and Lakshmana, let Bharata along with you rule over the city as well as the state. Having got rid of your relations, husband and stepsons, bring joy to my enemies. O woman of cruel behaviour, who have dealt this severe blow in the shape of Rama's banishment at me, in my adversity in the form of old age, when you violently utter such words at this place and on this occasion, it is a matter of surprise that breaking into thousands of pieces, your teeth do not on that account drop down from your mouth. I dare say Rama did not utter any hurtful or unkind word to you, for he does not know how to speak harsh words. How then do you dare find fault with Sri Rama? who invariably speaks pleasing words to all and is ever esteemed by all for his excellences. You may faint or flare up or perish by swallowing poison or strangling yourself or enter the bowels of the earth split up into thousands of chasms. I shall never accede to your most cruel demand which is so prejudicial to me, O oh, disgrace to the king of the Kekayas. I do not wish you to survive, you, who are destructive as a razor, utter falsely pleasing words, or of extremely malicious intent, the bane of your family, and are intent upon burning my heart along with my vitals and therefore repellent to my mind. My life cannot be prolonged without my son Rama. How then can there be any happiness for me? How can there be any joy without a son, even to the knowers of the self? Therefore, you ought not to do an unfriendly act to me, O Queen. I even stoop down to touch your feet. Be gracious to me. Wailing like a forlorn child, the said monarch who had been afflicted in the heart by Kaikei, who had transgressed all bounds of decorum, sank down unconscious like an ailing man, not fully reaching the queen's feet, both of which lay stretched before him. Thus ends Canto 12 in the Ayodhya Kanda of the glorious Ramayana of Valmiki, the work of a rishi and the oldest epic.